Hi, this is Dr. John Ankerberg. I invite you to dig into God's Word today with my dear friend, the late Dr. Wayne Barber, as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible. Look with me and hold your finger there in James 5, to, I mean in Matthew 5. Look with me to James 5, if you would. <clears throat> James chapter 5. James, the fifth chapter, in verse 10 and 11. I think a good example of what I'm trying to help you to understand of the word blessed. A lot of folks, because things are not going well in their life, just seem to not be able to walk in joy. Their happiness has been affected conditionally. What we're talking about is something so inward and so untangible. Look in verse 10. It says, Take, my brethren, the prophets, now look, who has spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Now, what does he say? Take the prophets who had to suffer. Now, you name me a prophet, it didn't suffer. And then verse 11. Behold, we count them, what? Happy. You know, that's the same word in its verbal form. It's used in Matthew chapter 5. We count them Blessed. Oh, Wayne, I thought if God was doing something in my life, everything was going to work out just like I wanted it. I thought that I'd have all the money in the bank. I thought that I'd have all these good things. Hey, wait a minute. That may happen, and I hope it does. But if it doesn't, your happiness, your peace is not dependent upon that. For the prophets were counted as blessed. However, they had to suffer affliction, you see. And so it's a beautiful picture here of what God is saying to you and I today that our blessings are not dependent on anything that happens externally. And thirdly, it had another meaning. It meant fully satisfied. Fully satisfied. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, if you get caught up in the meaning of what God has said about you and I, it ought to excite you. We have the nature of God. But not only do we have the nature of God, we have peace, His peace in the midst of any circumstance. For we have left the realm of being touched by the tangible. And thirdly, we're fully satisfied. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you blessed? Oh, yes, Wayne, I'm, I'm saved. I didn't ask you that. Are you blessed? Are you walking in the realm of that blessedness? Oh, no, Wayne, you don't know my life. Hey, I know I don't, but God does. Let me show you this. And it's so beautiful. Why would we be fully satisfied? Look with me in the book of John. The book of John in verse 16. Or chapter 16. John, verse 16, all right. John chapter 16 and verse 22. This ought to make you happy. This ought to make you blessed. I keep using that word. John 16 and verse 22. He's speaking of a present condition here. And I think it's very careful, very particular that you need to see this. Look. And ye now therefore have sorrow... But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice. And look here. And your joy no man taketh from you. Why am I fully satisfied? Because, my friend, you can't rob me of what God has given me. What you do to me does not affect the joy that is mine because of Jesus. That's what it means. I'm fully satisfied. Whatever happens to me, nobody can touch what God has inwardly in my life given me as a joint heir of Christ. Look with me in verse 33. This ought to make you fully satisfied. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have 
what? Peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. <laughs> I've overcome the world. Isn't that marvelous? Oh, if we could grasp what is ours this morning in Christ. Look with me in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. Some of you are warm. You're not as warm as I am, so relax. Matthew 28 and verse 20. Matthew 28 and verse 20. I can tell some of you are moving around. It is warm in here, isn't it? I don't know what's wrong. All this hot air coming out up here, I guess. <laughs> verse 20, Matthew 28. This ought to make you... This is why we're fully satisfied. Nobody can touch our joy. Jesus in us has overcome the world. We have His peace. Look at verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world of the age. Isn't that marvelous? God's never going to leave us. Boy, Wayne, I don't feel very close to him. Well, ask yourself the question, who moved? Who moved? God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's, fully, that's full satisfaction when you can grasp. One more verse. We're going to go back to our text. Colossians chapter 2. And I could just read these things to you, but I want you to see them. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. And as I'm teaching you, God's teaching me. So we're all having to listen together. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Talking about Jesus. Look what it said. It says, For in Him, Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Him. The word complete means you lack nothing. Now, the meaning of blessedness. I have the nature of God. Because I have that nature, I have left the realm of the tangible. I can walk in joy regardless of circumstance and I can be fully satisfied. No one can rob me of that eternal quality He has put within my life. Blessed. Makes a big difference from happy when you know that you are blessed. Now, let's go back to our text and I want you to see a second part of our outline. First of all, we had a definition of the word blessed. To have the nature of God. To have peace in the midst of any circumstance. To be fully satisfied. Blessed. That's a characteristic. Now the second thing I want you to see this morning is a difference in the word blessed. Now my outlines are really sometimes hard to understand. But they are a means sometimes of communicating. The difference in the word blessed and what? Well there's two words translated blessed or to bless. And you need to understand that when you study the word. Most of the time you're not looking at this word when it says blessed. There's another word that is used that I think it would be helpful at this point to understand it. This word is, is a word that we've already given you the example. Makarios. It talks about the nature of God, the peace of God to be fully satisfied. But there's another word and that word is eflogeo. It's E-U-L-O-G-E-O-O -O -O, if you want to write it down. <laughs> and what is it speaking of? Oh, listen. I just wish it could get out of me like it gets into me. Boy, this is so exciting. I, I tell you, when I got to seeing these things, when, when, well, wait a minute, I'm getting ahead of myself. Blessed, eflogeo. First of all, the F, that means well or good. Logeo means to speak. In other words, when you say, God bless you, you are saying, God, speak well of this person. Now you say, well, I didn't know that. What does that mean? Hang on, are you ready? What happens when God speaks? Look with me in Genesis 1 in case you've forgotten. My friend, if you knew what you were saying when you said, God bless you, Woo, I believe we'd be saying it all the time if we really meant it in our hearts. 
as the blessed understand who they are, as we have the nature of God, as God has given us his character and his peace and his satisfaction, we begin to bless others. We want God to bless them. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, look at here. And God did what? Said. Now remember, to bless, ephlegel, to speak well, to say good things about. God said, and what happened? It says, and God said, let there be light. And what happened? And there was light. You see, when God speaks, He creates. And creation simply means He brings into being. He brings into a realism in your life. God, speak well of my friend. God, intervene in that person's life. God, do that which is good in your sight in this person's life. Isn't that precious? Now think with me just for a second. When you say, God bless this food to the nourishment of my body, what do you say? Most of us, it's just a ritual, isn't it? Uh, a lot of times we, we fall into this trap, you know, especially when we have little tiny children. It's better now in our family that our children have been saved and they know what they're doing and we can pray intelligently. But a lot of times you have little tiny children say, Don, say the blessing. He says, thank you. Oh, isn't that cute? And everybody eats. You know, we don't think of a blessing as what it really means. God bless this food. What are we saying? God, speak well of this food. God, intervene with this food. Do with this food what we cannot do ourselves. Take it and do something supernatural with it. Do that which is good with it. I don't believe we'd ever pray any other way when we, when we learn what we're saying. God bless you. God, speak well. God, create. Bring into being that which we cannot do ourselves. We also say, God bless this service. What do we mean? God bless this service. God, will you please intervene in this service? You know, it's interesting. We have bulletins. I guess they're okay. I just never have been one to have any kind of system about order sometimes. I, I, but you got to have them, don't you? Uh -huh, everybody's saying, uh-huh. you got to have them. But I'll tell you what, I love it when I'm in a service. And I've prayed that God would bless that service. And all of a sudden, the bulletin's not important. All of a sudden, the hymn doesn't get sung. All of a sudden, maybe the message is never preached. And God has intervened. And God begins to do that which is good in His sight. He has intervened and taken over the plans of man. And He is now letting His way be done. And it's always good. You see, God bless this service. God divinely interrupt. That which we many times so carelessly put together and God bring into being that which is real. Make it good in your sight. God bless this day of mine. Are you so regimented that you can't get out of a schedule? I took a course one time in time management <laughs> and uh, they had to go back and rewrite the textbook. <laughs> they couldn't help me a bit. But you know, have you ever planned your day? Isn't it fun to plan your day? 8 o'clock, going to eat breakfast. Or whatever time you eat breakfast. 9 o'clock? Going to be here. Not 10 o'clock, going to be here. 11 o'clock, going to be here. I guarantee you, if you've asked God to bless that day, He's going to mess your schedule up so bad you never realize what you put down. And you know what a lot of people do? They fight against that kind of thing, and they look at it as interruptions to what they had planned, and they don't understand that they asked God to bless it, and God now has spoken, and now He is bringing into being that which is good in His sight. He's rearranged their schedule. He's got a, something else that's better. And when it's over with, it's always good. God bless my day. Maybe you won't want to pray that tomorrow. Maybe it'll mess up your schedule. Really. Maybe it'll mess up your system. Your, your organization or whatever it is. 
that you have every day in your life. Some people have little books. I got a little book and I keep losing it. <laughs> I'll write it down then lose where I wrote it. But see, God, bless my day. Interrupt my day. Bring into being that which is good in your sight. God bless my life. Now listen, friend, if you've ever played, prayed for God to bless your life and you're fighting against your circumstances, do you realize what you're doing? God has interrupted your life. And God is doing what He wants to do when we lost our little baby girl. We prayed that God would bless the whole situation. We prayed that God would do His will in that situation. And God did. And He took it, took her on to be with Him. I have no right to sit here and worry about that. For God had intervened. And God had done what He saw was right. You see, He had brought into to be. And I'll tell you what, it's good. It's good. It's good in His sight, friend. It's going to be good in your sight. If you really want Him to bless your day. You see, the blessed understand this, don't they? The blessed that have the nature of God, that are fully satisfied, don't need the externals of this world, understand what it means to bless and be blessed. So I hope that I've helped you to understand a little bit of what it means to be blessed. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. And then we'll put it together for what the Lord has given me today. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. An interesting verse because it, it kind of pulls out the whole picture here. It says, Blessed be the God. Now, what word is he using there? Not, it's not the word in Matthew 5. As a matter of fact, the only places, uh, Matthew 5, Luke 6, Luke 1, 48, and uh, over in, uh, forgot the other one. <laughs> but there's only just a few, James 5, 11. But any other place you're seeing the other word. And it says, blessed be the God. What he's saying is, may good things be said of God. Whew. How do you bless God? Well, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, what? Blessed us. Now, what did he bless us with? What did he speak well of us about? What did he do to bring into reality? With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Took them out of the heavenlies and put them within us. And made them possible to you and I. He blessed us. Spoke well of us. Brought into being that which was good in His sight. Okay. We see a definition then of blessed. person has a nature of God. person has peace in all circumstances. And thirdly, we see Him fully satisfied. Now a lot of folks want to shift this to the millennial kingdom. My friend, you'll see all of that in the millennial kingdom. In its perfectness. But you can also see it now. Do you know that? But secondly, we see a difference in the word blessed. There's two different words. You may be saying something you didn't realize, but it's something beautiful. God bless him. God speak well of him. And when God speaks, he creates and brings into existence that which is real and good in his sight. And now thirdly, a demonstration of the blessed as they bless. <laughs> Don't you like my outlines? Boy, I just really work hard on these things. A demonstration of the blessed as they bless. Look with me in Romans chapter 12. The Lord so ministered this to me. When I began to see this principle and see what God was saying to me, I saw it in the whole body life of the church, which we're teaching in Sunday school. Here it is, folks. Romans chapter 12. We study this morning. If you don't come to Sunday school, let me put a plug in there. We're studying spiritual gifts in the body of Christ, and we'd love to have you. We study this morning that we have one body, which is the body of Christ. We have one spirit, which is His spirit, but many members. We're all members of that same body. Now, in Romans, there is an outline that cannot be beat. It starts off in verse 1. We shared this in Sunday school, so bear with me. Verse 1 is commitment. 
Beseech you therefore, brethren, present your bodies a living sacrifice. If you want to walk in the blessings of God, meet the conditions of God. And here's the first condition. Commitment. Totally lose yourself in Him. Verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. We see a transformation that takes place when this happens. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the word. Transfigured. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In verse 3, we see humility. For once a person is committed, once a person has now been transformed, we see a, a humility coming into his life. He, he begins to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. In verses 4 through 8, we see service. It's a perfect progression here. Now he's beginning to serve the body and serve one another. And in verse 9, look what he says. Let love be without dissimulation. A better translation of the word dissimulation is hypocrisy. Don't let your love be hypocritical. Now, we're blessed. Why? We're blessed. And what does a blessed person have the nature of God, be fully satisfied with God? To be inwardly exempt from the external circumstances of this life in his joy. Now watch. Look at verse 14. Look what it says. Bless them, now look, which persecute you. Now, what is he saying? We are blessed. What are we to do when someone persecutes us? The word persecute is to pursue after, hound after, in whatever form of persecution that takes. What do we do? We bless them. And what do you do when you bless? You say good things about them. God, will you bless them? And I will bless them. Look what it says. Bless and what? Curse not. Oh, if we could understand how the blessed are supposed to bless. You know, the hardest thing is when you and I get offended with each other. Isn't that tough? You know, this is not some utopia in this church. There are going to be differences of opinion. There are going to be times when you and I get miffed with each other. What do we do with that? Well, number one, we shouldn't curse. We should say the good thing. We should bless each other and ask that God would bless each other. And he would bring into being that which is good in our life. You say, Wayne, I really can't get a handle on this. Why? Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Well, number one, you have the nature of God. And didn't God do that to us? When you go out and you do things that are against Him, what does He do to you? He speaks well of you and brings into existence those things which are good as you come before Him. And you have the peace of God. That circumstance shouldn't have rocked you like it did. It's just probably marking an immaturity. And thirdly, you can fully satisfy with Jesus. What else do you need but Him? Now let me give you an example of it and we'll leave. Acts chapter 7. We see it worked out. Acts the 7th chapter, we see the whole picture, I believe, coming together as, as the Lord ministered it to my heart. In verse 54 through 60, how the blessed can bless. 54 through 60. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. Stephen has just preached a marvelous sermon. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. <laughs> He's blessed, wasn't he? He really knew who he was, didn't he? The old external hadn't bothered him a whole lot. Watch, watch. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. That's Paul later on. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, 
as Stephen was calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And look in verse 60. Look at the blessed as they bless. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Say good things. He didn't even curse them as they took his life. I, I've just been overwhelmed by this. My, my folks, we're blessed. Man, how the external can rob us of our joy. I hope you haven't let the heat in this place this morning rob you from the blessings of God. But if you have, I'm going to pray that God will bless you. <laughs> and we understand what we're saying now. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank You for the blessedness that You've given us. Oh God, that this is the characteristic of those that are Your children. And I thank You, Father, that the world's circumstances are not to affect us. That we are to walk in that peace. Oh God, in that full satisfaction that You've given to us. Now, Father, as I understand Your wording, I pray that You would bless these people. Oh God, bless them. Bring, interrupt their life. God, interrupt them and bring into being that which is good in Your sight. And I just want to praise You, Father, for the divine interruptions of our lives. Lord, in recent days, You've been trying to say this to me. I'm hard-headed and I confess it to You. Thank You, Father. That the interruptions that come in our life, that the delays that we see are not denials. And I praise you for your marvelous blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, normally we have a time of just bowing our head and praying. And today I, I just feel led to sing an invitation hymn. I haven't done that in a while since I've been your pastor. Most of the time we just pray and continue the thought. I, I love the hymn, Victory in Jesus. That's just, I love it, and I'd, I'd rather sing that hymn than anything. I think it's the battle hymn of the Christian. And I want you to know, friend, this morning, you're blessed if you're saved. You're blessed. You've got the nature of God. You say, well, Wayne, I'm not fully satisfied. Well, how do you get fully satisfied? By obedience. <laughs> the only thing that triggers God's blessing is, is your obedience. God brings into being that which He has already said was true and is good in His sight. So let's sing victory in Jesus. And you might have a decision on your heart this morning. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're out there and you're lost. Well, friend, you can receive the nature of God as you come to understand Jesus was your substitute upon a cross and can put inward into your life something that will give you that which you need in this external living that we have that the world can never touch. Or whatever your decision might be. Let's stand and sing together as Greg leads us. Victory in Jesus. You come as God leads you. For additional resources, log on to jashow.org. That's jashow.org.